Good evening, and welcome to Nighty Night with Rabia Chaudhry. Bedtime stories to keep you awake. I'm DJ Lubell, the show's producer. Tonight's tale is about a woman starving for a change in her life, who ultimately bites off more than she can chew. Please enjoy Undying Hunger. Once upon a time, there was a woman who succumbed to the lie that nothing was more valuable than beauty and youth. The onset of menopause and the symptoms that came with it left Tanny O'Donnell desperate to find a way to turn back the clock on her body. So when the invitation to be a special guest at a new health resort came with just such a promise, she left her life behind and said yes. Moss Mary Bluffs welcomed Tanny O'Donnell with a long, winding drive. Tall pines rose up on both sides of the drive and cast heavy shadows over the road. The limousine crunched slowly over the gravel, inching forward in the shade, despite the bright blue of the otherwise cloudless day. The car surfaced from the trees to a mansion of sharp angles that appeared to jut up from the sandy scrub of a cliff. Free of the pines, the enormous house shone relentlessly in the sun, a white so blinding she could barely look at it straight on, and in the dead center of the front facade stood enormous double doors the color of cherries, like a screaming mouth at the entrance of the three-story manor. The grounds were not as well manicured as one might expect of a celebrity doctor. While the grass was clipped short and there wasn't so much as a blade out of place, The landscaping was cold and sterile. Where there should have been a few well-placed shrubs or containers full of happy pink hibiscus, there was nothing but pale concrete. Tanny could empathize, though. Lately, she felt that her more decorative elements had died off, and now she only had her barest elements about her. She was there to claw her way back to who she used to be. She wanted her window boxes back, the shapely urns that held a wild profusion of daisies and roses that bloomed in her cheeks. She wanted back her glorious hair, the smooth, supple skin and the waistline of her early 20s. She wanted back the clarity of her mind and her energy and a body that hadn't gone to war against her. The screaming mouth of the door swung open the second Tanny set her feet on the gravel outside the car. A hot wave passed through her body as she watched Dr. Clara Ann Dewey herself, tall and lithe, sashay onto the concrete walk, smiling widely. Her cream-colored slacks and sleeveless blouse were flawless. Hello, Tanny. Welcome to Moss Mary Bluffs, my home health resort, as I like to call it. Can I call you Tanny? We should be on a first-name basis. After all, we'll get to know each other pretty well over the next couple of months. Tanny nodded, a little bit starstruck, and shook Clara Ann's outstretched hand. Smooth, unblemished skin. Cool to the touch. She fought off a flash of irritation at the woman's perfection, at her thick blonde hair and brilliant blue eyes. Ah, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I can't tell you what it means to me, Dr. Dewey. Now you must call me Clara Ann. The doctor paused, taking in Tanny's flushed face. We'll have a look at your diet first thing after we get you settled in. I know you have lots of areas of concern, like weight and energy, but you'll be surprised at how changes in your diet can profoundly impact hormonal issues, even hot flashes. Clara Ann squeezed Tanny's hand. I'm so glad you're here. It'll just be me and you working together. Oh, 
I didn't realize. I thought there would be more patients. I mean, clients here. Claire Ann smiled. Well, it will be you, me, and our audience of thousands on social media. Tanny nodded, remembering the many forms she'd signed, agreeing to the online coverage of the entire process. It was a condition of the program, and while she wasn't thrilled about it at first, she decided it was worth the transformation that was promised. Plus, it would probably help keep her motivated. So I know it was already mentioned in the disclosure that you signed, but I still want to remind you that there are cameras all around the property, both inside and out. But I'll show you where they are, because that's only fair. The sound of the limousine pulling away behind Tanny made her jump. She turned to see it drive off and saw her two carry-on bags standing neatly where the vehicle had just stood. As the sound of the engine faded in the distance, the air quieted once more. No birds singing, not even the wind blowing across the open space. Tanny felt herself flush in the harsh sunlight. The shade of the pines ended where the circular driveway began. She dabbed her forehead with a handkerchief. A lady never sweats, she glows. That's what her mother always said. Tanny was most certainly glowing, and her glow grew worse as Clara Ann led her through the mansion, each hallway feeling warmer than the last. Clara Ann finally unlocked an ornate wooden door. Here we are, Tanny, you're home for the next couple of months, room six. Shall we take a photo to commemorate the start of your journey? Uh, is this for your social media? It's our social media. I may be reinventing myself, but this is for you too. A chance for the world to get to know you and to witness what can be done to reverse menopause. Tanny posed in front of the door, arranging her legs to appear as lean as possible and grinned into the lens of Clara Ann's cell phone. The doctor took a picture and then turned the phone around. Selfie time, she chirped and leaned in towards Tanny, draping her arm over Tanny's shoulder as if they had known each other forever. Tenny looked up at her face in the phone. It was red and splotchy, shiny from the heat. Clara Ann's face, on the other hand, was radiant, her skin porcelain. She wanted to hate her, but there was something so genuine about the doctor, and so positive. Tanny had followed the scandal that got the doctor canceled from her television show and pretty much all of public life a few years ago when an old video emerged of the doctor fat-shaming a woman at one of her health retreats. That's when the floodgates opened and dozens of other clients and employees came forward to tell the media and anyone who would listen that the famous wellness doctor, Clara Ann Dewey, was cruel and judgmental and prescribed all sorts of crazy diet and exercise regimens. But Tanny disagreed with the criticism. Clara Ann was honest, maybe too honest, but that's what lots of people needed to finally change their ways. Tanny knew she needed the kick in the butt that Clara Ann was happy to give. For better or worse, the doctor had changed the lives of hundreds of people, and she herself was a testament to the power of a program. She was 55 years old, but looked 20 years younger. After the click of the camera app, Clara Ann pushed the door open and Tanny stepped inside. The space was enormous, more like a suite than a single room. The walls were painted dove gray against a white ceiling, and in the middle hung a twisting wrought iron chandelier. A large bed blanketed in a fluffy duvet dominated the far corner of the room against a wall filled with a row of narrow windows. On the other side of the room was a sitting area with a dark red brocade couch and two silver wingback chairs. A long dark wood wardrobe stretched from the doorway to the front corner. And behind the couch was a nondescript door. The bathroom, perhaps, Tanny thought. It was a sumptuous room, yet in the heavy, unmoving air, it still felt unwelcoming. What a wonderful space. Tanny's palms were now glowing too. 
Perhaps you could direct me toward the thermostat. I'm not quite so used to the Florida weather. Clara Ann shook her head. It's best to sweat out all those bad toxins. Sweat is just part of the treatment. If sweating was the cure, Tanny should have been cured a million times over. She gritted her teeth. Glowing, not sweating. It was fine. She would endure it because turning back the clock was worth the distress. Clara Ann took Tanny's bags and put them next to the cupboard. Not even a hint of loose skin on her arms. Not a wrinkle anywhere on the woman, although she was a few years older than Tanny. I must ask, the doctor said, for your cell phone now. After all, we want your full attention while you're here. Tanny hesitated. She knew the program called for no contact with the outside world, but she wondered how she would survive days and weeks without scrolling through hundreds of videos and pictures and posts for hours every day. Doom scrolling, as her husband called it. She was making herself crazy with it, he thought, comparing herself to women half her age, following self-help gurus and fitness freaks and makeup artists. She didn't need any of that, he argued, and he was sick of her obsession with it. Clara Ann interrupted her thoughts. The phone? Look, I'm particularly concerned that your family may interfere and slow your progress. It's my understanding they aren't fully on board. Uh, did Roger, my husband, call you? Tanny groaned. I'm so sorry. I told him, just let me do this one thing, but he... Now don't think about it for another second. You have a family that cares, and in a few weeks we'll see where you're at, and perhaps we can invite them all down for a visit. Whatever the case, Roger and the rest of your family will be able to follow along on social media. Clara Ann patted Tanny's shoulder. I'll meet you out in the foyer in about two hours. That gives you enough time to relax before we begin. She disappeared through the door with a quick wave and Tanny listened to the click of her heels on hardwood floors as they faded away down the hall. The first few days passed by quickly. Clara Ann questioned Tanny about every aspect of her life, most of it off camera. They went over her medical history and her personal life story. Clara Ann asked about her family and marriage, even gently prodding Tanny on her sex life. Together in the mornings they did yoga, and in the evenings they went for walks, and at least once a day they posted updates on social media and watched their following grow. Tanny admitted to herself that she was rather enjoying the online attention. Every time Clara Ann showed her the likes and comments on their posts, the support and approval of thousands of strangers filled Tanny with a rush of dopamine. On the fourth day, when the tomato and asparagus juice cleanse started, Tanny was excited. This, she knew, was the real start of her transformation. She sat curled up in the corner of the U-shaped sectional across from Clara Ann, sipping on the ice-cold juice, her third glass of the day, thankful for the respite from the hot flashes. She seemed to be having them all the time since she arrived. She constantly felt like her body was on fire. At first, she thought Clara Ann had the heat turned on in the house, but the doctor assured her that the heat she felt was coming from inside her own body, and that there was nothing to be ashamed about it. Menopause was a natural part of a woman's life, but it didn't mean she just had to sit back and take it. Tanny should be very proud of herself, said Clara Ann. She was not only taking the bull by the horns to improve her own health, she was also setting an incredible example for the many other women who watched online. Tonight, she said, they would go beyond just posting photographs and go live for the first time. Tanny was nervous, but Clara Ann assured her that her followers love her already and they would love her more as they got to know her. 
This love and approval, she believed, would reinforce all the good behavior that Tanny was learning. Tanny's stomach growled and Clara Ann nodded approvingly. It was almost midnight. The grandfather clock in the hallway had bonged the half hour not long before. Nothing was visible out of the tall, narrow windows other than the new moon, which hung high in the dark sky. Candles lit the parlor and the flames flickered light into corners of the room, sending up long shadows across the space. Claire Ann adjusted her phone, which stood suspended on a ring light stand on the coffee table. She tapped on it a few times and then smiled broadly. Looks like we're alive. Hi to everyone joining us. I hope you can see and hear us okay. I know it's late on the East Coast, but I wanted to make sure our West Coast viewers were able to join us too. Everyone say hi to Tanny. Tanny smiled weakly, lifting her glass towards the camera. Tanny and I have spent the last few days getting to know each other really well, and tonight I thought it'd be fun if we shared interesting stories from our family histories. So tell us a story, Tanny. Something juicy, like a family legend. We all have those. Tanny lifted one shoulder. A bead of sweat swam down her back. She was glowing, she reminded herself, burning her old self in order to emerge like a phoenix. Her tummy rumbled again. Focus, she thought. Stop thinking about your stomach. Uh, I heard once some long-lost cousin went to prison for stealing money, but it's not much of a story. Is that what you mean? Well, it can mean anything you'd like it to mean. I mean, like, my family, it's full of, well, I guess you can call them ghost stories. Haunts and poltergeists, monsters and creatures. Really? Well, tell me one of your stories, then. Okay, let me think. Clara Ann paused. So, my great-grandmother used to tell us about a cousin who worked for the railroad back in the 1930s. One night, he was robbed, he was brutally murdered, and his body was dumped on the side of the tracks. And every year after that, on the anniversary of his murder, they would see his ghost walk down the lane back to his old home. Oh man, how scary. Tanny's stomach grumbled again. She straightened. Mind over matter. Well, she said it didn't scare them. It was just like he wanted to come back home. Gamma said her cousin's ghost, his name was Zeke, glowed in the night. She and her sisters would watch from the windows upstairs, holding their breath, and he'd have his cap tucked under his arm and a smile on his face. He would step up onto the front porch and twist the door handle. And then, poof, he'd fade away, leaving like this little small cloud to show that he'd been there at all. Does he still visit every year? Tanny shivered despite the heat. Clara Ann nodded. We still have distant family that lives on the property, and, well, they claim that he does. Not that I've ever witnessed it. She watched Tanny's face closely. What do you think? Do you believe in ghosts, Tanny? Tanny shook her head slowly. No, not really. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. So what you're saying is maybe they're real? Tanny let out a small laugh. Okay, well, maybe. Clara Ann winked and continued to regale Tanny and the audience with more family ghost stories. Twenty minutes later, after the clock struck midnight, she turned off the ring light and phoned with a flourish. That was so much fun, wasn't it? Look at this. She showed the phone to Tanny. Over 6,000 people watched us tonight. Ha! Huh, I didn't really expect this to turn into campfire ghost stories, but I guess people love that stuff. But next time, you're telling the stories. Clara Ann took Tanny's arm and walked her into the corridor. Off to bed now. We have to be up bright and early. I'm going to turn in too.
Tanny nodded and flitted into the dark hallway, her head feeling light. The air felt feverish against her skin, and she wiped her face with a damp napkin that had been wrapped around the juice glass earlier. She bet she was glowing like Clara Ann's old cousin Zeke, she thought. By the time she arrived at her bedroom door, Tanny was fully aflame, bright as a firebrand. Changing into the silky nightgown she'd packed brought some relief. She hung up her damp clothing over the shower bar to dry so in the morning she could transfer them to the laundry. Tanny pried open a few of the narrow windows in the hopes of generating a breeze, but the air was still. She gingerly climbed into bed and arranged her limbs so that no part of her body touched the other. The ornate ceiling bore down on her until she slept, dreaming of food. Tanny woke abruptly to a full bladder and a pitch-dark room. She peeled herself from the damp sheets and stumbled through the sitting area to the bathroom. She relieved herself in the dark, staring out the narrow window. Not even a hint of the coming dawn. The water from the sink was blissfully cool when she washed her hands. She splashed her face and looked at herself in the mirror. Water dripped off her nose and down her lips, and as she reached for a towel, she froze. Out of the darkness, a second face appeared in the mirror, hovering directly behind her right shoulder. Tanny screeched, nearly jumping out of her skin as she whirled around and reached for the light switch. She was alone. Her nervous laughter echoed back to her so loudly she jumped. Tanny scurried back to her bed through the darkened room. It was just Clara Ann's ghost story getting into her head and the hunger playing on her nerves. That was all. Yet her skin prickled all over like overheated goose flesh. Fresh sweat broke over her brow. She leapt onto the mattress and pulled the sheet up to her chin. A sudden warm breeze blew strands of her thinning hair over her forehead. Her eyes had just closed again when she heard it. Danny. The low, growling voice whispered directly in her ear. Tanny threw back the covers, her legs getting caught in a tangle, and stumbled out of bed. She sprinted toward the door, her heart racing as a scream escaped her. Clara Ann emerged seconds later from the stairwell at the end of the hall, her normally perfect hair disheveled. What's wrong? Are, are you okay? Tanny waved her hands as Clara Ann grabbed her by the shoulders. There's someone in my room. Wait, what? What What do you mean someone? But, I mean, we're all alone here. You know that, right? The alarm would have gone off if someone... I'm telling you, I'm telling you there's someone in there. I woke up and it was, it was in the bathroom with me and then it whispered my name. Are you sure? Clara Ann's voice was dubious. Why would I make this up? No, no, of course not. That's not what I mean. I mean, just could it, could it have been a dream? It's the middle of the night, Tanny. It's easy to think sometimes that you're still in a dream when you wake up out of one. Tanny's heart bumped wildly against her ribcage. I know what I saw. I wasn't dreaming. Okay, okay. I'll walk you back to your room and, and we'll check it out. Shouldn't we? I mean, Anna, shouldn't we find a weapon or something? We're all alone. Clara Ann patted Tanny's arm. Don't worry, my dear. I won't let anything happen to you. The hall was silent as they crept toward the room. Tanny nearly panted in the heat. Every shadow was a demon. Clara Ann's face drew into a knot when they reached the door. She put her hand on the knob and turned it. A long, low screech broke the silence as the door pulled away from Clara Ann's fingers and swung open. She took a step forward. Don't go in there. Tanny's voice was panicked. Clara Ann ignored her and flicked the light switch, and a sterile white light filled the room. She stepped into the room confidently and swiftly checked the bathroom under the bed and behind doors and curtains. 
Turning to look at Tanny, she raised her eyebrows and shrugged. Well, nothing and no one here. Tanny blinked slowly. She knew she hadn't imagined it. It had not been a dream, no way. She looked around the room, expecting someone or something to jump out at her as she crossed towards the bathroom. A second later, she proclaimed, See, I knew it, and came rushing out. I knew I wasn't dreaming. I used the bathroom. I was totally awake. Look, the sink is still wet from me washing my hands. Clara Ann drew her hands through her blonde hair and sighed. Well, there isn't anyone here, so what do you think happened? Tanny's face flushed hot red, but her blood ran cold. I... I don't know. You told all those ghost stories. Maybe you ended up calling something here. <sighs> I can assure you, if there was something supernatural in this house, I would have noticed by now. Okay, I didn't imagine something growling my name. I didn't imagine a whole face looking at me in the mirror. Look, Tanny, it's past 3 a.m. Perhaps we can talk about this in the morning. You know, all the hormonal changes you're going through, they can play tricks on your mind, especially if you're not sleeping well. Well, I don't want to stay here alone. Not after this. Clara Ann looked at her sharply. Are, are you saying you want to leave? No, of course not, but... The doctor gestured to the door. There are a dozen rooms to choose from. Feel free to pick one. How about room five next door? Well, what about a room closer to you? Clara Ann's blonde hair bounced as she shook her head. Tanny, I have to draw a line somewhere. There's such a thing as getting too close to your clients. It's not good for our relationship, and I'm afraid our audience wouldn't understand. I really must insist that you stay downstairs. Tanny thought for a minute and then squared her shoulders. Yeah, of course, I, I wouldn't want anyone to get the wrong idea, but I, I think I'd like the room farthest away from this one, though. That night, as Tanny lay on an enormous four-poster bed, she sweated into the sheets, not daring to sleep, filled with fear of seeing that face again and hearing that growl. The next morning, she pulled herself out of bed exhausted and met Clara Ann on the terrace for yoga. The doctor, sleek in leggings and a sports bra, handed her a tall, cold juice. The elixir shot through Tanny with enough energy to get her through the session, but she dragged herself through the rest of the day like a zombie. She caught Clara Ann watching her carefully a few times and wondered if the doctor thought she was crazy, but neither of them said a word about what had happened the night before. That night, she fell asleep out of sheer exhaustion, despite the heat pressing down on her. She awoke abruptly from a deep, dreamless sleep at the sensation of hot, slobbering breath on her face. Her eyes popped open and her body froze. Inches from her face grinned a demonic figure. Tanny opened her mouth to scream, but no sound emerged. She vaulted off the bed, clawing to get the door open and ran down the hallway. She rushed towards the parlor, a howl finally erupting out of her in terror and collapsed in a corner of the room. Faint moonlight filtered through the windows and Tanny held her breath, waiting for the creature, whatever it was, to find her and hoping that Clara Ann heard the scream. If she did, Clara Ann never appeared. Tanny awoke hours later with Clara Ann's face inches from her own, her face crunched up with concern. Tanny? Tanny, my dear, are you okay? Tanny pulled herself up, eyes welling with tears. It was in my room again last night, I swear. Tanny felt a shot of pain on her upper right arm and reached up to touch it. She craned her neck to see where the pain was coming from and saw a line of scratches on her skin, as though she had been clawed. 
Jesus, what is this? Tanny breathed. Uh, it looks like maybe you ran into something. Let me get you something for that. Clara Ann applied a thin layer of translucent balm on the scratches as she hummed a tune. My dear, I am so sorry you had a bad night, but today is a new day. And you know what today is? It's weigh-in day. So let's get you washed up and we can go live as we check on your progress. As Clara Ann continued to hum, it became clear that she was going to completely ignore this new incident. A few hours later, Tanny sat dejected as Clara Ann flipped through a chart. I think, Clara Ann said, your stress is interfering with your progress. You're only down a few pounds, not even close to target. But you know, lots of people don't realize how anxiety keeps you from flushing out fat and toxins. It just totally inflames you. But that's okay. Today, we will start meditation sessions, and those will definitely help move the needle. Don't feel bad, and don't forget the thousands of people online who are cheering you on. You can do this. That is, unless you'd rather just go home. Tanny gripped the glass of cleansing juice Clara Ann put down before her and quietly nodded. She felt famished, but she willed herself to take delicate sips of juice rather than gulp it down, imagining Clara Ann's invisible social media audience. Then she straightened her shoulders and sat tall in the white upholstered chair. The bones of her legs ached and her head pounded. She must look ridiculous online, she thought. God, I hope Roger and the kids aren't following this. They'd had so many fights about her coming to Mossmary Bluffs. Her stomach growled and she looked down into the half-empty glass. Maybe it was the hunger making her see things. Then she touched the raised lines on her arm and flinched. That was definitely real. But was it possible that it happened when she frantically tumbled out of bed? It was, she guessed, possible. Tanny took a deep breath. Just a couple more days of the cleanse and then she could go back on solids. She just had to hang on and push through. She began to feel embarrassed about acting like a fool for all the public to see. But she would feel worse if she gave up and returned home. Tanny looked directly into Clara Ann's eyes. I will do anything. I know you can help me, and I'm not leaving. That is great to hear. Clara Ann nodded decisively. Look, I'll stay with you tonight. It's maybe the only way. And, and you'll see that this is, well, I mean, I don't want to say it's a fantasy because I know you believe something sinister is happening to you. And maybe something's triggering this response, you know? Maybe it's a psychological reaction to the change in your diet. Or perhaps it's something physiological. And if the morning comes tomorrow, without any phantoms, without any mysterious whispers or shadows, you must promise me that you'll admit that none of it is real. That night, Clara Ann led Tanny to room six. So, this is where it all started, right? Tanny nodded. The room was as she had left it. A bit of a mess, she realized. Her bed was still unmade, there were clothes on the floor, and one of the chairs in the sitting area had been knocked over, although Tanny didn't remember running into it the other night. She glanced at Clara Ann, who cast a cool eye over the room. Without saying a word, Tanny bustled around the room to put things in order. She picked up the chair and grabbed the clothes on the floor that she'd left behind. The room seemed cooler than before. Was this proof that her hot flashes were diminishing? Tanny smiled to herself. 
this was working. This would all work. So remind me again where you saw, well, I mean, whatever it is you saw that night, Clara Ann's voice came from directly behind Tanny. And was it that you said that you heard someone growling your name? Or something? Tanny glanced over her shoulder. The corner of Clara Ann's perfect mouth rose. Yes, or something. I saw a face behind me in the bathroom, and then I was in bed when I heard my name. That's when I ran out to get you. Clara Ann lowered herself onto the brocade couch and crossed her legs. It was one of the few times Tanny had not seen her wearing her trademark cream ensemble. That night, she was wearing tailored jeans and a crisp white linen button-down over a white tank top. Still not a speck of sweat anywhere on her. And whatever's happening, it only happens at night, right? Yes. Why don't you sit down, Tanny? Clara Ann bowed her head toward the wing-back chair that Tanny had just pushed into place. When Tanny did as requested, Clara Ann uncrossed her legs and pulled them up underneath her. So, I'm wondering why such horrifying things would only happen to you at night when no one else is around. Have you ever thought about that? Tanny shook her head. I... I don't know why. They sat quietly as Tanny tried to keep her eyes open, but fatigue gripped her, and Clara Ann lounged on the sofa with a small smile on her face. With Clara Ann in the room, nothing seemed as scary. Tanny nodded off just after the clock in the hallway outside struck one. She awoke in the dark, with Clara Ann shaking her by the shoulders. The woman's eyes were wide, her mouth pulled back into a rictus of terror. Tanny shook off the pall of sleep immediately and popped out of the chair. What's wrong? And that's when she heard it. Clara. The low guttural rumble emanated from the very air itself. The room was freezing cold and every hair on Tanny's body stood at end. Her legs turned to lead. The very chair in which Tanny was sitting flew across the room and smashed into the bed. Clara Ann pulled Tanny towards the door, and together they sprinted down the corridor. Clara Ann ran towards the foyer, looking over her shoulder fearfully as she dragged Tanny along. She fumbled with the keypad for a moment before the double doors swung wide open, and she pulled Tanny into the thick night air. The cherry red doors slammed shut behind them. Tanny's top instantly stuck to her. She bent over, trying to suck in the heavy, wet air. Just like the day she arrived, the silence deafened her. It was easy to imagine they were the only two people left on Earth, and the spirits waited inside, and maybe outside, to corner them. <sighs> what? What? I can't... What, what was that? Clara Ann gasped, spittle flying from her mouth. Tanny stumbled a few steps and then crumbled onto the asphalt driveway, propping herself up with one arm. <sighs> I told you. I told you. Clara Ann sat next to her and grasped her forearm. I'm sorry, I should have believed you. They sat together with the dark settling into their bones until Clara Ann said, We can't go back in there tonight, so let's just, let's stay at the guest house. She pointed to the right side of the house. It's back there, come on. Clara Ann stood and held out a hand to Tanny, who took it and let the doctor pull her up. They locked arms as they made their way through the pines and stopped at a modest cottage hidden behind the trees. Clara Ann bent over and entered a key code, and Tanny heard a lock click open. Inside, the space was nothing like Mossmary Bluffs. 
It was homey and warm, with a yellow kitchen just big enough for a small table and a few chairs. A plaid couch with a red throw draped over one arm stood in the small living room. Are you okay on the couch? Clara Ann rubbed her eyes. I have a small daybed upstairs, but actually the couch is probably more comfortable. But then again, I mean, do you feel comfortable enough by yourself down here? Yeah, yeah, of course, I'll be fine. The air here, it feels nothing like the other house. Clara Ann's face relaxed. She reached into the refrigerator and handed Tanny a bottle of water. If you need a snack, there might be some cookies or nuts in one of the cabinets. <laughs> After surviving this far, you think I'd break now? Look at me. For the first time in days, Tanny felt no hunger. No crackers for me. Clara Ann squeezed Tanny's shoulder and hesitated. Tanny wasn't sure if she was scared for her or if she was scared herself. It's okay, Clara Ann. I'll be okay. The doctor nodded and turned to climb the stairs. Tanny sank down into the couch and unscrewed the water bottle. She took a long pull and set the bottle on the end table. They weren't far from Mossberry, but she felt safer than she had in days. Still, she kept the lights on and drifted off wondering if all this meant she really would have to go back home. Tanny awoke to the dazzle of sunshine pounding into her eyes and a burning sensation in her right hand. She yawned and lifted her hand to her face. Her eyes focused slowly. She must have cut herself on something in her sleep. There was blood. Blood everywhere. Dried on her palm, on her wrist. It dripped off her fingertips. The air on exposed tissues blazed. She sucked in a gasp and then released a choking exhale at the ragged, torn skin where her index and middle finger used to be. White barbs of bone protruded. Tanny whipped upright, sending blood drops over her pants and the couch. She screamed and stumbled to the sink. A knife lay on the black countertop next to two bloodless fingers, crooked as if inviting her closer. Only then did she notice the tall, wispy figure standing at the bottom of the stairs. One last scream ripped from Tanny's mouth, and she fell to the floor as she heard Clara Ann laugh in delight. When Tanny was a little girl, there had been a car accident. She had woken up in a stark white room, bright overheads blaring into her eyes, unable to move. The nurses told her later that she'd been trying to rip out her IV, so they had tied her arms to the bed. For a few moments when Tanny came to, she imagined she was dreaming that day all over again. I'm still asleep. Her whisper rasped in the silence. All of it, the fingers and now this room. I just, I just need to wake myself up. You are awake. Clara Ann's voice came from behind loud and clear. She appeared a few seconds later, leaning over Tanny's head. What happened? Where am I? Clara moved around the bed to Tanny's left side. The cameras caught it all. Every scream, every time you ran from the phantoms, even our daring escape last night. We are internet sensations. Tanny's hand tried to clench, but the pain was sharp as a stake. What are you saying? What's wrong with my hand? There's nothing wrong at all. You're just very suggestible when you're hungry. Did you know that? And Mossberry Bluffs is booked solid through the beginning of next year. Seeing the ghost, Clara Ann brought up her fingers into air quotes. Cut off your fingers. That's all it took. 
That was real? Tanny felt detached from her voice, and her hand throbbed. Your fingers? Yes, they're gone. The ghost, not so much. Just some smoke and mirrors. It was harder than I thought. But you know how it is. No pain, no gain. Tanny strained against the ties that bound her to the table. Within seconds, she was out of breath. The ceiling spun. But you saw it. It came for you last night. That's what everyone thinks, right? I was masterful if I do say so myself. Tanny stared at Clara Ann as she went on. You know, I wasn't sure how any of this was going to turn out, but it turned out perfectly. Imagine the headlines. A haunting that drove a patient to her death right off the cliff behind Moss Mary Bluffs, and all that's left behind of her is two fingers. Oh my gosh, I'll have every room booked solid year-round for decades to come. Clara Ann leaned down close to Tanny and stroked her cheek. You know what, if I can't have a career as a doctor, and we both know that ship has sailed, I can certainly have an entertainment career of a different sort. Let me tell you something. You know what I learned in the years after I was canceled and discarded like trash? I learned that I wasted decades trying to improve the lives of others. But it turns out people just like crap. Heck, people are crap. They love true crime and reality stars and cat videos and gore and hauntings. I also learned that they fall for every trick online because they're that stupid. They fall for promises of beauty and youth and are willing to take any pill, go on any diet, believe any lie if there's even the slightest possibility of turning into a teenage version of themselves. Clara Ann scoffed. <laughs> what, you think I look like this because of asparagus juice? She leaned in closer to Tanny's stricken face. Honey, take a good look. My face, my skin, my hair. It took tens of thousands of dollars of work by the country's best plastic surgeons, all right? Anyway, she continued, it turns out there is an entire multi-million dollar tourist industry around haunted sites. Who would have thought? And guess who will be doing the haunting from now on? My guests will think they see you everywhere. She stopped and played with Tanny's hair. Tanny's eyes swam for a moment. But my treatment, I thought I was doing so well. She paused as a mist settled over her brain. Tanny closed her eyes and saw the scene she had imagined so many times of returning home to Roger, stepping out of the car virtually unrecognizable and taking his breath away, of her stepping out of the shower, her skin unblemished and cool, of the heads that would turn as she walked downtown, of posing in tight jeans and low-cut tops for pictures posted online, of the likes and comments telling her how amazing she looked, of feeling like she mattered again, like she was 25 again. She lifted her head. Is this, is this part of the treatment? Is this? Clara Ann smiled her perfect smile on her perfect face and laid out a shiny silver surgical set. Yes, Tanny, close your eyes now. This will all be over in a few minutes. And look on the bright side. You'll never grow a day older. Remember, dear listeners, to love yourselves as you are. Nighty-night, don't let the nightmares bite. Today's story is loosely based on the true story of Linda Hazard, also known as the Starvation Doctor. 
Hazard was licensed in the state of Washington as a fasting specialist, despite having no medical degree and very little training in healthcare. She believed that ingesting too much food led to disease, and that almost any disease could be cured through extreme diet restriction. Dr. Hazard was also quite good at convincing her patients to go along with her treatments. She killed her first patient in 1902, and went on to kill at least 14 more, all through starvation. She also convinced her patients to turn over their assets to her. Linda Hazard was sentenced to prison for manslaughter in 1912 with a sentence of up to 20 years, but she only served three years and returned to treating patients through fasting, this time in her own sanatorium. Ironically enough, Linda Hazard died in 1938 by starving herself to death. Tonight's story was written by Nicole Wolverton and Rabia Chaudhry. Nighty Night is executive produced by Rabia Chaudhry and Colin Thompson. It's produced by DJ Lou Bell. It's edited and sound designed by Anton Doty. Original music by Andrew Gerlicher. <laughs>